I'm excited about being here tonight. And even though I was running a little late, ran into a lot of traffic on the expressway, I'm still here. Amen. I praise God. I was praying all the way here saying, God, don't let me be too late. Don't let me get there at 730. Let me get there at least five after seven, you know. And he answered that prayer. I thank God for that. Amen. Amen. And I know that we are on the right track on tonight because as I was praying earlier this morning, one of those songs was just my testimony to God as I was talking to God. And one of them, the one that said, uh, um, his goodness is running after me. And I was thinking about that as I was preparing to come tonight. And I said, God, in spite of myself, in spite of the things that I've done, in spite of my disobedient spirit, you kept running after me. You wouldn't let me go. And I just got full in my spirit because I remember where I came from and where God has brought me. And that's that's a miracle in itself, you know. <laughs> yes, I thank God for that. And then Pastor Nick got up, and he actually preached half of my sermon, so I don't have a whole lot to do. Really, he did, and you're going to see that. So I thank God for being here, and I'm going to ask you that as I go forth, that you make a deposit in my gift. And so let's just bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for allowing us to gather together in your name. You said where two or three is gathered together, you are in the midst. And Father, we just thank you for your presence on tonight. Father, we just thank you because you're a good God. We thank you, Father, for being so good to us. And Father, I ask you right now that you would let revelation knowledge flow. And that the Holy Spirit will flow through my mind and speak through my vocal cords. And I pray that any spirit that is not of you, that you come against it. You raise up a flood against it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, help me to decrease so that you can increase. None of me, but all of you. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, I can't see, but <laughs> my topic is, who are you in the spirit? <laughs> who are you in the spirit? And 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 is the, is the foundation of this uh, message. Who are you in the spirit? And it's really funny, I have to tell you something. About three weeks ago, I was going to teach this, and I wasn't able to do it. But I had gave Jeff the topic three weeks ago, and I said, who are you? I, he said, Jeff. <laughs> I said, no, Jeff, that's my topic. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> you know? And he said, oh, okay. But that's, the, and, but that's how we normally will respond if somebody asks us who we are, amen? We'll tell them who we are. We might give them our name tell them where we come from, where we live, you know, who our parents are, where we work. So we describe ourselves based on who we are in the flesh, uh, who even maybe who we are 
in the soulish realm, how we're feeling. If I ask you how are you feeling, if you're not feeling good, you'll go, or not necessarily how you're feeling, but who are you? And you might think immediately, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm unworthy. That's who I am. But how many of you know that's a lie from the pit of hell? Amen. So tonight, I want to talk about who are you in your spirit, man. In your spirit, man, who are you? Because so many times we compare ourselves to each other. Uh, we compare ourselves based on what the world say we're supposed to be like. Or we compare ourselves based on our finances, how much our annual income is, and if it's not a certain amount, you know, we don't see ourselves a certain way, you know. Or we might even compare ourselves based on our, how we look. Amen? I might look at Mike and think he looks better than me and I have an uh, in inferior complex. Amen? <laughs> You know, so if we don't have the blue eyes or the hazel eyes, we think, you know, I'm not good enough. Or we don't have the burgundy hair or the black hair. I'm not good enough. So we do that comparison thing, amen? And we compare that. That's where we think our identity lies. We think our identity lies based on what we think about ourselves, or what somebody else have told us about ourselves, amen? And that could be our parents, our friends, the enemy, ourselves. That's who we think our identity lays, but that's not true. Our identity is in, the Christ, in Jesus Christ. Our identity is based on this godly kingdom that we are a part of, amen? So tonight... I want to ask you, as I teach, think about who do you think you are? Who do you say you are? And I'm just going to take my time and read a little bit because I get excited. You know me, and I'll miss some stuff that's very important. Amen. So it's sad to even think that we're not good enough or we're not worthy enough, you know, and our debt. Your identity, really, if you don't know who your identity is in the spirit, man, you don't really know what your purpose is. Because your identity is connected to your purpose. <laughs> your identity is connected to your purpose. And if you don't know who you are in your spirit, man, you can't be the person that God called you to be. You can't do the things that God calls you to do. You can't be a God pleaser. You are busy being a people pleaser because you identify or sometimes we identify based on this soulish world. Amen? But that's not God, what God wants us to do. And 1 John 4, 17 says we are identical to Christ. And you might look at yourself and say, uh-uh, even believers, I'm not identical to Christ. But you are, because that's what the word of God says. In our spirit, because we are a spirit man living in a body with a soul. So when we got saved, our soul didn't get saved. 
Our body didn't get saved, but our spirit man became new. And when our spirit man became new, we became identical with Christ, according to 1 John 4, 17. So what happened? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things become what? New. I'm going to read that again. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So, when you are born again with the life of Christ, with the life of God, you receive a new spirit. You receive the spirit of Christ. Amen? So, now you are a new person. You have the spirit of Christ living in you. And that spirit is perfect. Nothing missing, nothing lacking. That spirit is perfect because it's Christ's spirit that lives in you. They said some, you know, back in the day you would hear the word regeneration, regeneration, or spiritual transformation took place at rebirth. But that's what happened. Once we get a revelation knowledge of what it means to have Christ in us, there is nothing that we can't do. Nothing that God calls us to do will be too hard for us to do. We'll start looking at ourselves different. When we start connecting with our real identity, who we really are as believers in Christ, once we understand what took place in the moment that we received our Lord as our Savior, once we believe we received salvation, once we realize Christ came to live inside of us, then we'll un understand that we are somebody, that we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not belief. Yes, we are more than conquerors because Christ lives in us. But if you don't understand that, you will always live a life that's not, is mediocre. We are always live mediocre lives. And the reason why is because we are always comparing ourselves, doing the comparisonitis. Yeah, yeah. We will, we will always do that. And we are always, when we do that, we always come up short. We always come up, oh, I don't sound like her. I can't sing like her. I can't talk like her. I got a Southern accent. Do you not know how many people have come up to me and say, you got a Southern accent? <laughs> I know I got a Southern accent. But you know what? God uses his Southern accent. He uses his mouthpiece. I don't have to sound like anybody else. Can't nobody beat me doing me. Can't nobody beat me doing me. And then when I come to the revelation of who I am in Christ, oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Once we become into the knowledge of who we are in Christ, 
we can live the victorious life that God planned for us. That means every situation, every circumstances that we are confronted with, we know we have the capability and the ability to overcome it. Every life from the pit of the hell, I'm going to just say it, every life from the pit of hell, we recognize the voice of the enemy, and we'll come against it when we know who we are. But if you don't know who you are, you will never be able to be all that God called you to be. And it starts, the first step is having faith. But in order to have faith, you got to have the what? You have to have the knowledge. And the knowledge comes through the word of God. And the word of God is life. The word of God is life to us. Amen? So, what happens when we receive in our spirits? I'm going to read a three or four scriptures with you. What happens when we receive the spirit of Christ? When we receive the spirit of Christ, his divine eternal life, we receive his divine eternal life in our spirit. And we become his children and we are born in God with God's life. Amen. So with the life of God, we are reborn. We become a new person. Can you imagine becoming a new person? Once we are born again, I don't think we can, I don't, you know, sometimes I think we just scale over that. I think we, when we get born again, we focus on having eternal life and living with Christ forever. And that's wonderful. If God don't do anything for us, he's done enough when we, he gives us eternal life. Amen. But he done so much more than that. He done so much more than just give us eternal life. He gave us his son. And his son lives in us. This is the earthly vessel that Joe Christ lives in you. And because he lives in us, because we live, move, and have our being in him, we are able to do all things through Christ that strengthen us. Amen? Galatians 4 and 6 says, and because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So once you become born again, he's in your heart. You become a new creation. Romans 8 and 11 says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. So you see, as you become born again, Christ lives in you. Point blank, period. Christ is in you. He'll never leave you or forsake you because he's constantly with you. Amen? When you go to sleep at night, he's with you. When you get up in the morning, he's with you. When you go to work, he's with you. It's nowhere that you go that he's not, he's just not amongst us but he's in us and that thought enough if we can get the revelation of that enough that should just change our whole lives now we understand 
what it means if we get that revelation to be all that God calls us to be. Amen. Romans 8 and 11. I just read that. So we are, so we are brand new people. I wrote this on the inside. The Holy Spirit gives us new life. And this doesn't mean that we are rehabilitated. It doesn't mean we're reformed. It doesn't mean that we are re-educated. But what it does mean is that we are recreated in Christ. We are a new person in Christ. And by the spirit of God living in us, his spirit is inside of us, and we have a new quality of life. Once we receive him, we have a new quality of life. We become born again, we become new creations, and our identity is in Christ Jesus. So now, the spirit is part of us, and that is the part that became new when we got born again. That's the part of us that was reborn. Our spirit, not our bodies, not our soul, but our spirit man, amen? Nicodemus said this, John 3, 1, 21. I'm going to read this. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher that come from God, but no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So how many of you know that we have entered into the kingdom of heaven because we're born again? And in the kingdom of heaven, we are in the kingdom. The kingdom is in us. Amen? Because we are born again. That is something that God has given us through his grace. So in that kingdom, we can experience the fullness of God. In that kingdom, we can have peace, joy, love. In that kingdom, we have all godly things. All things pertain to life and godliness is in that kingdom. And it all belongs to us. It's inside of us. Amen? Isn't that awesome? The kingdom of God is inside of us. That's the gift that he's given us. We are somebody. That's why he said we are peculiar people. We're different. We're different than the world is. He's made us different. And he's given us the same power to raise Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us. And with that power... We can call those things that be not as though they were. With that power, 
We have all the power over darkness. He said, I've given you power to shred over serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. That's what we got because we're in the kingdom. We got his power. And he lives in us. That's why we can do these things. That's why we can be more than a conqueror. That's why we can be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. That's why we can call him our father. Because the kingdom is in us. Amen. But if you don't know that. If you don't know that truth. Then you won't operate in it. You won't believe it. You won't receive it. You won't benefit from it. You know. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but the scriptures say who the son set free is free indeed. And there's also a scripture said the truth shall set you free. But if you don't know that truth, we're not walking in freedom. And you can be born again and not walking in that freedom because you don't have that knowledge. You don't have the knowledge of what it means to be free in Christ. When, you be, when you're free in Christ, you don't worry about people judging you. Because you are kingdom-minded. When you're free in Christ, you are kingdom-minded. You just want to serve God. You want to serve others. You want to love God. You want people to know the love of God. You want to give. You want to be a blessing. When you're kingdom-minded, when you're free, when God has set you free, you're no more bound. You don't, don't have chains holding you back. You can walk in this freedom. So why aren't we doing it? Why are we believing the lies of the enemies? Why are we even believing our own lies? Forget the enemy. Why are we believing our own lies? Because our mind needs to be renewed by the word of God. Amen? Because when we believe anything that's contrary to the word of God, we cannot become what God wants us to be. And through the word of God, we learn we can be who God wants us to be. We can have what God wants us to have. And we can do what God wants us to do. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13 and 15 says, examine yourselves, whether you be in faith, test your own selves. Know ye not yourselves how Jesus Christ is in you? Do you believe that Jesus Christ, Paul, was talking to the Corinthians church? And he said, examine yourself, test yourself. Know ye not yourselves how Christ Jesus is in you? So he was letting them know, what's going on with your faith? Don't you know that Christ lives in you? And he wasn't telling them that so they can receive something from Christ. But he was telling them that because he wanted them to renew their minds of what they already had. And he wanted that to manifest into their five senses so they can walk in what they had, so they can walk in truth. Amen. So if you don't believe that in your spirit, you are a new creation, 
and that you are an overcomer, you are not going to believe that in Christ, your true identity is spiritual and not carnal. Your true identity is spiritual and it's not carnal. This is a spiritual thing because we are spiritual beings. So we got to start thinking differently. When we think differently, when we get the knowledge of Christ, when we think different, we will act differently. Amen? Then if you are get the knowledge of Christ and you understand that your true identity is spiritual and not carnal, then you won't base your identity on this world system. And it will be impossible for you to live a life completely of victory if you do not receive the knowledge through the word of God that who you are and what you have is through the blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross. So once you receive the knowledge through the word of God of what God did for you with his son was on that cross, the price that he paid for your freedom to walk in the law of liberty in Christ Jesus, once you get that revelation, then you can live in victory then you can have whatever he says you can have. You can be what he wants you to be. But you have to receive that knowledge. Amen? So if you do not renew your mind with the, with the truth, you will never live that life that God calls you to be. Acts 17 and 28 said, because you are a new creature, it's in him that you live and move and have your being. And it's not by what might, it's not by power, but it's by the spirit of God that you can do these things. It's by the spirit of God that you can live a victorious life. You can't live a victorious life on your own. If you don't believe that, just look at Hollywood. Money, success, fame, and they still committing suicide. They still popping pills, taking drugs, trying to numb the pain. Because without Christ, you can't do it. Without Christ, you can't live this. Your identity, your true identity, and your purpose is based on Jesus Christ. Amen? So... This is the example that I was given when I was studying this. The slaves was freed because of the emancipation, right? But a lot of them kept on being slaves because they didn't even know they were free. They didn't know they were free. Think about it. They were free. They was free to go and do whatever they wanted to do. But they kept working as slaves because they had no clue that they were free. That's the same way it is with us. 
We'll keep doing the same old thing, the same old way, if we don't receive the truth that we are free. With the Constitution, in the natural, there's freedom in the Constitution. But if we don't know the Constitution, we won't benefit for none of those freedoms. Amen? You got to know it to benefit from it. The Bible said, my people perish for the lack of knowledge. If you don't have the knowledge of what the word of God says about you, you won't benefit from that freedom that God has given you. Amen? John 10 and 10, it says, the thief comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So we got the life of Christ. And not only do we have the life of Christ, we have it abundantly. Our spirits, again, is perfect. Nothing missing, no lack, nothing broken. We are perfect in our spirit man. Amen? Our spirit man is identical with Christ. So you are somebody, but you got to know it. You got to know it. You got to go to the word of God. You got to read it. You got to meditate on it. You got to ponder it. You got to talk to God about it. You have to pray about it. You got to be in worship with God. Then the, what happens? Divine revelation is going to be imparted into you. And then you're not going to be the same person. You'll never be the same person again once you get that revelation. You'll never be the same person. The struggle is gone now. You know, in life, even as believers, you know, be, if you don't get that revelation knowledge of who you are and your identity, you live in a good life, but, you know, something missing. You know, you, it, it just seems like something is missing, and there tends to be a constant struggle all the time. You're constantly struggling, struggling, trying to figure it out, trying to work it out, trying to, you know. There's no secrets. Sometimes it's just that we, we, we don't have an uh, idea of who we are. We don't have an idea of our true identity. Because when you have an idea of your true identity, something happens in Christ. That's the same way when you were born in a certain family. And I remember, I'm from down south, so I remember people say, who's your mom and daddy? And I was proud to say who I was. Oh, I'm Johnny Paul Locust's daughter. Oh, I know him. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm just beaming. I feel good. I'm connected to my heritage, right? And everybody know him. Everybody know my father. Everybody knew my father. Oh, he's a good man, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just as proud as a peacock. But just imagine if you really knew who you were in Christ. Just imagine how, what you could be, how proud you could be, how you could turn your life upside down, amen? Philemon 1 and 6 says, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual 
by the knowledge of every good thing which is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read that one again. That the communications of thy faith may become effectual by the knowledge of every good thing which is in Christ Jesus. This verse makes it very clear that your faith becomes effectual, which means it starts working. Your faith starts working by knowing the good things that are in your spirit. Your faith begins to work once you become knowledgeable of the good things that is in your spirit. If you don't know that, it's hard for your faith to work. If you don't know the word of God and what God says about you, your faith won't work. Because what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God said without faith, it's even impossible to please him. Amen? So you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you have to get in this word. You got to study it, like I said. Meditate on it. Pray on it. And then that transformation begin to take place. Then not only is it in your heart, it's already in your heart, because Christ is in your heart. He's in your spirit. But you want to get it up here. You got to know it. You got to be convinced through the word of God which is life, that you are who God says you are. Amen? That your identity is connected with Christ Jesus. As a matter of fact, it's in Christ Jesus. Amen? There was a saying, there used to be a saying that I can do nothing without Christ. We hear that all the time. And that's so true. You can't do anything without Christ. But you can do everything with him. And he's in you. So you got to balance. You got to balance the truth with the word of God. And the truth is, we are totally dependent on God. We can do nothing without God. But with him, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. With him... The truth is, we are superior to the enemy. We are superior to any weapon that the enemy can throw towards us. Anything the enemy throw in our path, we are superior to it. Whatever weapon the enemy tries to use, we are superior over it. But we got to recognize that. Amen. Amen. Is this making sense to anybody? Because, you know, as believers, God wants more for us. And we got to want it for ourselves. God has already given us everything that we need to live this life. He's given us everything we need to live a victorious life. 
but we can perish for the lack of knowledge. And what does the enemy do? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I'm a firm believer that he comes to steal this word from God, from us. He wants to steal it. And not just necessarily kill us physically. That would be easy for him to do. He want to do more. He want to kill us spiritually. Because if he can kill us spiritually and disconnect us from our father, that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate thing that he can do. So he wants to come in and take this word. He wants to twist the truth with his lies. He twists it all the time. He'll even use religion, theology to twist the word of God. He does it all the time. You hear it all the time. You know, you hear that scripture where it says, um, we're just sinners saved by grace. No, we're not. We were. But we're not anymore. We were sinners saved by grace. But thanks be to God that he loved us so much that he sent his son and he gave us life and he gave it abundantly. And now we are more than what we ever thought we could ever be. Amen. Ephesians 4 and 24 says, and that ye put on this new man, that is speaking of your born-again spirit, which is after, which is speaking of being born again, which is after Christ is, is created in righteousness and true holiness. I'm going to read that again. I scribbled it down. And put on the new nature. That's one translation. Put on a new nature. That's the regenerate, your regenerated self. Created in God's image, in true righteousness and holiness. Do you not know that you are the righteousness of God? You're the righteousness of God. But the enemy will try to tell you you're not. Because he'll bring up everything that you do wrong on a consistent basis. Oh, you ain't, mm-mm. You ain't, you ain't got it. But we are the righteousness of God, according to the word of God. We are. God came, took our sin, and became sin for us. He made a deposit in our account. He took our old sin, our junk, and deposited it into his account. And then he took his righteousness. And deposited into our account. So now when he look at us, he see his son. He see his goodness. And that's how he wants us to see, his, see ourselves. That's how he wants us to see ourselves. And until we start seeing that, we won't live this life that God has planned for us. He has a wonderful life planned for us. But we'll never be able to experience it. If we don't understand again that our identity is in Christ. Amen. And you know, some people say, and they'll use these scriptures here, Isaiah 64 and 6. I know it's a familiar one. 
But we are all as unclean things. All our righteousness are as filthy wet rags. That's what the people tell you. All your righteousness is like filthy rags. Used to be. But you know what? These scriptures is talking about self-righteousness. It's not talking about the righteousness of God. It's talking about self-righteousness. In Romans 3 and 10, there's someone to tell you when you hear them talking, preaching, some preachers say, there is none righteousness. No, not one. But that's not true, according to the word of God. We are righteous. These scriptures, again, are talking about self-righteousness. And with self-righteousness, no. You would never, ever come into a relationship with God with self-righteousness. Never. But with the Son of God, because of what he did, Because because of the Son of God and what he did, we are the righteousness of God. Amen? So, it's important that we know who we are in our spirit. We are new creatures. And you have to renew your mind by the word of God to think that way. And when you do that, the perfect will of God will manifest in your life. Did you hear that? When you renew your mind with the word of God, think about that. The perfect will of God will manifest in every area of your life. And isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want? Amen. I'm reminded of Gideon, the story of Gideon. And I know you all are familiar with it. And I'm not going to take the time to read it all. But, you know, he was a farmer and he was hiding out because he was scared of the Mennonites. And, you know, he was he was pressing wheat and he was in a, a wine press in a pit, in a cave. They was all hiding out because they was afraid the Midianites was taking over, taking over their land, taking over their food and everything. But the angel of God appeared to him. The angel of God appeared to him and said, I got an assignment for you. And I want you to free the Israelites and take them out of bondage. And it had to be repeated to him three times. Why? He didn't understand who he was. He didn't understand how God saw him. And isn't it just like us? God come to us, say, I got an assignment for you. And I want you to be able to do this. And you go, oh, God, not me. God said, but you're strong. You said, no, but I'm weak. God said, but I created you to do this. No, God, not me. And what I love about this story about Gideon, he went on to be obedient to God. He became a mighty warrior. He became a judge. He, began, he trusted God. 
and walked out on faith and did what God wanted him to do and ended up in a Hebrews Hall of Fame. Amen. But what I love is the scripture. I think it's the 12th scripture, 6 and 12. This is what I like. Even before he decided to be obedient to God, God called him what? A mighty warrior. That's how God works with us. Even when we don't recognize who we are, God is already calling us mighty men of God, mighty women of God. He called Gideon that when Gideon was still hiding out. When Gideon was bagging up, didn't want that task, didn't want to do it. Didn't think he was capable. He said, I'm weak. I'm the, I'm the weak one, God. Then he started talking about his family. He, started, he came up with all kind of excuses. He talked about everything that he was not. Don't you know when God called us, he's not looking at what we are not, but what we can become through him? Amen. He's not looking for the brave. He's looking to make you brave. Amen. That's what he's looking for. When he call you out by name, he already know all your faults, all your shortcomings. But he's seeing you what you don't see in you. He see your true identity. And he saw Gideon's true identity, and he called him a mighty warrior. Gideon ain't did nothing yet but complain and said what he could do. And God had already called him a mighty warrior. And that's just what he turned out to do once he decided that he was going to trust God, take God at his word, be obedient to God, walk out in faith. He became that mighty warrior that God called him to be. Amen? That's how God works with us. <laughs> he take us in the natural and put our supernatural with it, and we become mighty people in God. Amen. We become the head and not the tail. We become children of God. We become great warriors. Amen. We are the righteousness of God. That's who we are. God has redeemed us, delivered us from the darkness, brought us into the marvelous light. Amen. We are above and not be, and not we are beyond and not beneath. We are conquerors. We are mighty in God. He's given us all authority. We got all the power over the enemy. The same power to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. That's the power that is in us. And with that power, he have given us the authority to decree and declare things, and they shall be done. With that power, we can call those things that be not as though they were. So when the enemy come up against you and tell you what you not, you can call yourself, you can call it out. No, I am the, I am who God says I am. 
I can do what God said I can do. I can have what God said I can have. Because I'm somebody in Christ. In Christ, I am somebody. And you humbly before God, you thank him. You worship him. Because it's not of yourself. It's of him, amen? It's because of him you can do all these things. There's no limitation on God. We limit ourselves. We limit ourselves. I believe there is so much more that God wants us to have, wants us to do. I don't even think we are at the tip of anything. But oh, when we get that revelation of who we are and we start walking in it, once we renew our minds and we start walking after the spirit, there's nothing that would be too hard for us to do through Christ Jesus. Amen. So if you are or you know somebody that is oppressed by the enemy, depressed, anxious, fearful, in a doubt, and all these emotions in your soul is keeping you from being who God called you to be, start feeding your soul the word of God. Start feeding your soul the word of God. And we hear that all the time. And it sounds good when we hear it. But you got to on purpose do it. It's not magic. It's supernatural, yeah, but it's not magic. God calls you to do something. He calls you to have faith. And you can't have that faith. You can't be in belief. If you don't even know what you believe in for. So you got to go to the word of God. And you got to spend time with him. Amen. And I'm going to close with this. And it's a story about my sister. She died in 2021 in December. So that would be 10 months ago. But I tell you. During that two years journey, God used her in such a mighty way. God used her in ways that, and I'm just going to share just a little bit with you. You know, she went to the doctor and found out that she was challenged, and she was challenged with cancer. But during the whole time, the two years, the whole time, she never complained. She never stopped trusting God. She kept on sharing the good news. And she would constantly ask me, what do you think God have for me? What do you think God wants for me? I said, you know what? Just pray on it. God will reveal it to you. Then a month or two later, she'll ask again, think God got for me? What do you think he wants out of me? And as I started looking at, her, looking at her journey, I said, I know what God wants from you. He's already getting it. Every time, and she wasn't a Bible thumper all up in your face, but every time a doctor came to her, 
she shared her faith in Christ. Now, you know, that's a big task because most doctors is science, 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 science. Amen. And she always would tell one of the doctors. And this is the doctor that I prayed for. I prayed this doctor. When the, she lived in Minnesota and when one of the doctors called me and said, this is what we are looking at and this is what we have to do. And we will find her doctor in her field. She had colon cancer. She was challenged with that. And I was in prayer as he was talking. And the Holy Spirit downloaded in my spirit. And I said to that doctor, I said, okay. I said, but this is the deal. I said, I want you to pick the best. And of course, him being a doctor, he was a little thrown back and a little offended, right? And he said, well, we all are good. And I said, no disrespect. But you know and I know it's always one that stand out amongst the pack in everything that you do. It's somebody that stands out amongst the pack. Amen. I said, that's the doctor I want for her. He didn't say much. But do you know, because I was praying as he was talking and I was seeking God as he was telling me what we had to do. God put it on his heart and he pulled the best. The one that he chose for my sister is the one that was running the whole hospital, was traveling all over the world, but he took her on as a patient. And my sister was able to minister to him. And she always told him. And they fell in love with her, the, the doctors, the nurses. And she always told him this, God is the pilot and you are the co-pilot. And she said it so much. He went and he, I don't think he was saved because he went and asked his wife, is that true? <laughs> she must have been saved because she said, yeah, that's true. <laughs> she always told him that, whatever you do, because you was handpicked by God, we're going to do it. And then one day I was at work. She called me. She said, what's that scripture we was talking about yesterday, so-and-so, so-and-so? She was in the hospital. I said, okay, hold on. She said, where you, where you find it at? I picked up the phone, went to Google, found it real quick. I said, why? She said, because I have a female nurse right here want to know about that, a female doctor standing right here want to know about that scripture. So God was using her. My point is God was using her even in the midst of her adversity. God was using her. She touched lives that she would have never been able to touch if she had not been in that situation. But this is the topper and this is what I want you to leave you with. At the end, when she could no longer hardly talk, People would call her on the phone, her friends and the families and stuff. And she got to a point, she said, mm-mm. She didn't want to talk on the phone. And I said, what is it? It's hard for you to talk? She said, she said, it's spiritual for me. I didn't understand it at first. 
She get another phone call. She come. She said, spiritual. Then God revealed it to me. She didn't want to talk about everyday things. She had got so connected with God during that time. That she didn't want to talk about everything, everyday things. She recognized who her God was. She recognized who she was in Christ. She recognized that she was a spiritual being. And she wanted to connect with everything in that in those last days that was spiritual. She said, they don't understand, but it's spiritual to me. And glory to God on her last days at night. She couldn't, she got to the place where she couldn't talk, but she would raise her hand in the middle of the night, tears streaming down her face, both hands up before God. And I would say, you praising God? She's like, mm. Yes. I said, I'm a praising with you. I'm a worshiping with you. One to two o'clock in the morning. That's what she loved. That's what she wanted to do. She didn't want to talk about the weather. She didn't want to talk about what was going on in this world system. She didn't want to talk about the newest fashion. She didn't want to talk about the, all the things that goes on in this world. She had gotten to a place with God that it was truly spiritual. And even though she was going through what she was going through, it didn't matter to her no more because she understood her identity. She understood that to be absent from the body was going to be for her present with the Lord. She understood that. So when we understand what I'm saying, when we understand who we are, whose we are, when we understand what happened to us during rebirth, that we became a new person. New creation means a new person in Christ. That he came to live inside of us. And because he's inside of us, we can do all things. Because he's inside of us, we are more than conquerors. Because he's inside of us, He's given us all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And we can sit in heavenly places with him, amen? We rule and reign. We rule and reign with Christ. That's who we are. We are not the lies that the enemy tells you. We rule and reign with God. And we have dominion. He's given us dominion. That's who you are. So when you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't quite look the way you want to look that day, or when somebody says something to you and it offends you and you begin to think that you are unworthy, or you are on that job, and they tell you you can't execute this, so they're going to give it to somebody else and let them do it. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Just remind yourself of who you are. Remind yourself that you are worthy. You are worthy of everything that God has for you. Not because of yourself, 
but because of the righteousness of Christ. Amen. Amen. That's it. Amen.